I'm at the Lansingburg branch of Troy Public Library with the uh, branch manager, Laurie Dreyer. And she has a bunch of books to share with us. So, Laurie, take it away. Thank you, Brea. Uh, Well, I wanted to start, you just grabbed this one off of the shelf, and it sounds like such a great book. It's called 10 Ways to Hear Snow, written by Kathy Camper and illustrated by Kennard Peck. And uh, it is about a little girl going out uh, the morning after a snowstorm and listening to all the different sounds that she hears, like the whooshing of the wind and the poof of the snow falling from the trees. And just because we had such a lovely snowstorm, I uh, noticed when I was sitting at my desk looking out the window, I kept seeing the snow falling from the trees and it was just beautiful. It created this arc and I wanted to be out there listening to it too. So I recommend uh, this 10 Ways to Hear Snow. Uh, for everybody who's trying to get into the uh, winter spirit. And for people who listen to snow rather than see it. So thank you for adding that. And now to the ones that you had selected for November, Indigenous Peoples Month, except we didn't get to meet in November because of technical problems. We did not. And that was disappointing because I had just finished reading the Indigenous Peoples History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz, uh, which is a very well-known book on Native American history. Um, so I, I have to start with, did you know that there are more than 500 federally recognized indigenous nations comprising nearly 3 million people, all of whom are descendants of the 15 million native people who once inhabited what is now known as the United States of America? Because I didn't. (laughs) I had also never heard about the occupation of Alcatraz Island in the 1960s, uh, which eventually led to the creation of a learning center in Northern California called DQ University. This is particularly astounding to me because I grew up less than 10 miles away from this university. Uh, the, The amazing things that I learned from this book's book cannot be understated. And, uh, So I wanted to recommend it absolutely as a fantastic history book. And it also got me thinking a lot more about Native authors and the stories uh, behind the stories that we hear. I had mentioned in one of our earlier interviews a few months ago, the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian, which also kind of blew my mind because I had never really thought about a lot of the things that he brings up in that book as aspects of living on a reservation. So in light of that, I have some recommendations for everybody. We're going to start with some fiction books. Um, The first one is The Firekeeper's Daughter, which you may have heard of. It's by Angeline Bowley, that's B-O-U-L-L-E-Y. 18-year-old Donis is an outsider in her hometown and the nearby Ojibwe reservation. Donis plans to go to college or put on hold when she witnesses a murder and is pulled into the middle of an FBI investigation. This is full of suspense and social conscience. This book has become a classic of both mystery and native fiction. 
The next one is Where the Dead Sit Talking by Brandon Hobson. This is a lyrical coming-of-age story set in rural Oklahoma in the late 1980s. And when his single mother is put in jail, Sequoia's... Uh, Sequoia is placed in foster care. He has spent years mostly keeping to himself, living with his emotions pressed deep below the surface, that is, until he meets the 17-year-old Rosemary. They bond over their shared Native American backgrounds and tumultuous paths through the foster care system. Night of the Living Res. So you had mentioned Sherman Alexie's absolutely true story of a part-time Indian. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that's often on the list of banned books, right? It is indeed. That was one of the reasons I wanted to read it. Uh, it's listed often as a young adult book, uh, which is amazing if you've read it. It has a lot of adult themes, but the way that it's presented and because it's narrator is, I think he's 12 when the book begins, um, it just has this really great way of telling the stories so that they're not, I mean, they're still tragic, but they're not just heart-wrenching. Like, it's a very uplifting book. Okay. And now back to the other book that you were talking about. Absolutely. Uh, so this one is called Night of the Living Res by Morgan Talty, which just sounds like a fantastic or it's a great title, I guess. Uh, this is Talty's debut collection, and it's 12 different stories that all take place in the same Penobscot community in uh, the state of Maine. Uh, so that people will find those stories to be both profoundly moving, intimate, as well as examining the consequences and merits of inheritance. Um, it's an unforgettable portrayal of a Native community and has received top top ratings. Sounds like a great selection of books. And you have another one? I do. I do. Uh, Tread of Angels by Rebecca Roanhorse. You may uh, recognize Roanhorse's name because she wrote the wildly popular fiction book Black Sun in 2020. Uh, And this book is not a sequel to that book, but is a mythical version of the West taking place in 1883. And we read the tale of two sisters who are defending themselves against a charge of murder. So one of the sisters is accused of murder and the other one is going to be defending her. And of course the victim, the victim is a virtue, one of the celestial highborn class of the city of Goetia which is where the book takes place. Obviously, this is a high fantasy. This is Roan Horace's, uh, her, her, her calling is to write amazing dark fantasy novels for all of us to enjoy. And this one has been described as breathtaking. Sounds very interesting. And next... Uh, Yes, so this is the only other, besides the Indigenous People's History of the United States, this is the only other nonfiction book on uh, on the list, and that is because it is fascinating to me, Um, and it sounds much more, it's much more light, you know, anything dealing with Native American history has a tendency, obviously, for obvious reasons, to, to go to places and tell us truths that we don't want to hear about. And this one brings a little lightness to this, to that subject. It's called, We Had a Little Real Estate Problem, The Unheralded Story of Native Americans and Comedy. 
It is written by Cliff Nesteroff, who is well known on his own for writing a history, like kind of the definitive history of stand-up comedy. Um, And while Cliff is not himself native, he did get support and stories from several native authors such as Stephen Graham Jones, David Truer, and Philip J. Deloria. He has he was acclaimed for both this book and his other book on com, uh, stand-up comedy history. And he talks about comedy's most significant and little-known stories, how despite having been denied representation in the entertainment industry, Native Americans have influenced and in, and in fact advanced the art form. The title, based on Charlie Hill's famous comedy routine, says it all, and I think makes the best argument for reading this book. Great. And all of those books are available at the Lansingburg branch of Troy Public Library. And if people want to find it, the hours that you're open or more information on the books, if they're in, in um, circulation, how can they get information? Absolutely. It's very easy. You go to our website, www.thetroylibrary.org. And the Lansingburg branch is at the corner of it's uh, 114th Street and 4th Avenue. Uh, we're just down the street from Snowman Ice Cream, which sadly is not currently open. But we are. <laughs> okay, and it's a very cool building to walk around. It used to be a school, and Herman Melville was one of these students here? He was. Uh, and Chester Arthur was one of the principal teachers. So uh, thanks a lot. That was Lori Dreyer the uh, branch manager of the Lansingburg branch of Troy Public Library. This is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thanks a lot, Lori. Thank you, Bria.